How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's great to get to talk some March Madness right now uh, with a, a great expert on this topic. He is the NCAA bracket expert for CBSSports.com. Jerry Palm joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Jerry, it's great to talk to you. Uh, March Madness is, is in the air. I'm in Houston, so I've already watched one buzzer beater today that's got me all amped up for next week, man. Oh, man. That, the end of that game was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the, the shot by Memphis, the play that ended up in a, the tie, uh, tying shot by Memphis was ridiculous, and then uh, and then Houston one-upped it. It was, uh, it was a very exciting end of the game. Uh, but, man, you got to – well, you Probably don't, but I, you got to feel a little bit for Memphis because that game was so important to their tournament hopes, uh, and to end up losing it that way after fighting so hard to come back was uh, it's gut wrenching. Yeah, yeah, that's what this is all about this time of year. And you know, Jerry, we'll, I, I want to get into the you know some of the the teams and so forth itself, but just big picture. You know they've they've adjusted the schedule a little bit. It's not you know the the fire hose of games. It's not Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now it's Friday through Monday that first weekend. Obviously, all the games are in Indianapolis and you know, no crowds, things like that. Is there any particular oddity with this year's tournament, either that I just named or some other oddity that I didn't that will that you think is going to impact the actual product that we as fans plan on consuming in any material way? I think it's really going to be the general lack of fans. Now, they have said they're going to have fans at 25% capacity, so uh, there'll be some, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be full stadiums. It's not going to be, you know, the roar that we're used to. Uh, but you can you can still make some decent noise. I mean, we've seen sure. some regular season games where there's fans, and you, you can hear them, and, and it's it's not nothing, but it's not the same as, yeah, they're going to play some of the first four and first round games at Mackey Arena. With, I'm a Purdue guy, so I'm very familiar with that gym. That you can put 3,500 people in there, and it'll sound a little bit loud just breathing because of the, everything echoes off that metal roof. But uh, it's not yeah. going to be the same as 14,000. No. How 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 has the the weird nature of this season? You know, with so many teams having kind of fits and starts with the season with COVID. For someone like you that's constantly evaluating these teams and constantly putting them on the bracket and that this is this organic thing that continues to to to, to be fluid throughout the year, how has the weird nature of the season affected the way you evaluate teams for bracket purposes? Yeah, it's definitely uh, challenging. And the biggest challenge is the fact that you've got teams that have played uh, just a very different number of games. Uh, SMU has played 15 games. You know, they really yeah. – they missed – both games with Wichita State in the league. I think they only played Houston once. You know, that might actually be a pretty good team, but we haven't seen enough of them really to know. 
And we don't – we're just going to have to – I mean, they can't guess. The committee can't guess what SMU would have done. Uh, and they've missed the whole last, like, three weeks of this season. So, you know, they're going to go into the American Conference Tournament with one chance to prove themselves. Uh, and it's possibly an at-large team or or have to win the Conference Tournament maybe to get in. But they, they haven't played in so long. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, but teams that have had long breaks have generally – not universally, but generally not done well – coming out of these long breaks. And I think in part, you know, you just don't have your conditioning, but it's, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Everybody's had problems of some sort or another, some worse than others, but you know, the less that you've played, the harder it is for the committee to evaluate you. Have you been able to uh, get a better idea for what the committee sees as important because they do these, They've been doing these releases similar to what football has been doing for years with their playoff where they, you know, they do the weekly rankings and they show what, hey, this is what the playoff would look like today if the season ended. Has it helped someone like you who puts that thing together fluidly throughout the year, kind of given a window into what the committee's thinking is, especially in a strange year like this where there's, there's just so many apples and oranges situations <laughs> going on here? Well, they only do it once. The men's basketball committee oh, okay. only does it once. The women do it every week, but the men's committee does it once in February. They've done it for gotcha. four years now, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. it, it can be helpful. I don't know how helpful it was this year necessarily compared to other years, but it's you know it's pretty clear that they're going to have issues. I don't think at the top of the bracket it's going to be so problematic, and we only get their top sixteen uh, every you know that one week. But, you know, at the bottom of the bracket where, you know, you're trying to really, you know, nitpick and where teams look a lot alike, um, it may, but maybe in different ways, it's, uh, it's going to be hard because the lack of information on some teams versus others. Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. So who, as of right now, uh, March 7th, uh, 424 Eastern time in the afternoon, who are the four one seeds right now on your bracket? Uh, it's Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois, and mm-hmm. it's probably going to stay that way uh, for the rest of this week, certainly. I, I mean, it, well, deep into next week. The Big Ten tournament is probably the next place where something like that could change, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because Michigan and Illinois will be playing in that. Michigan's got a pretty comfortable spot as a number one seed. You know, they're going to play Michigan State this afternoon. They lose to Michigan State and somehow go out relatively early in the Big Ten tournament, maybe a number one seed in jeopardy for them. But uh, I, it, it would take something dramatic for Michigan to fall off that line. Illinois' spot is a little bit more at risk. Uh, but we'll see what they do in the conference tournament. Uh, they've got – they're the clear favorite for that fourth number one right now. Who who are a few teams, you know, in kind of that, that meaty part of the bracket, you know, like the – you know, we'll, we'll we'll say outside of the top sixteen teams. You know, starting with like the fives, the sixes, the sevens in there. Who are some teams that you have in there right now that are playing good basketball, ascending this time of year? That can maybe, um, that that can that can hang around for a couple, you know, win a couple games, hang around for an extra week in this thing. Well, I'll give you one that jumps kind of immediately to mind, and that's Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, UConn has been playing a lot of this season without their best player. Uh, James Booknight, yeah. and he's come back now and has gotten his legs back under him, and they're a different team with him. It, it, he's a guy that's you know, probably going to be a first-round pick in the NBA next year and just makes such a difference in what Connecticut can do on both ends of the floor, but especially offensively, and makes everybody else's job easier. And they've been playing very well of late since he has come back. 
probably going to get seated in a part of the bracket where maybe they're better than that and is going to be a dangerous team for somebody. Has has the move back to the Big East saved that program? I don't know about saved it, but it's a better fit. Yeah. Uh, the American Conference is, you know, if you're if you're going to take football seriously, then that's where they belong. But UConn is primarily a basketball school, and mm-hmm. football, you know, I, I'm sure they would like to be better at it than they are, but it's really not not the priority. They're more of a of a basketball school, and the Big East is a better fit for them in that regard. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I grew up in Connecticut. That's why I ask. Yeah, Connecticut, not exactly one of those football states where, hey, we build the fence around the state and keep all the recruits in state. We'll be just fine with our state football program. You're right. It's it's basketball through and through. Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio, chopping up some March Madness. Hey, Jerry, how weird is it putting together a bracket without Duke or Kentucky on it right now? I don't miss them. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just – I. Uh... It doesn't matter to me who's on the bracket or, yeah. and I don't get, I mean, obviously, you know, as a basketball fan, it's a story and, you know, the blue bloods of college basketball have been struggling this year. Carolina uh, finally starting to look like a tournament team, but it'll probably be a low seed unless they do some damage in the ACC. Duke and Kentucky have struggled all year uh, to, to put anything together. It's unusual uh, to say the least, not to see those teams, uh, and then there's other blue bloods like Indiana is nowhere near the bracket. Uh, yeah. UCLA is in the bottom half of the bracket. You know, some of the big names of the sport are really all struggling at the same time. I think it's more coincidence than anything, but it's uh, it's just one of those things uh, that everybody's a down cycle. It's just weird that they're all having it at once. Is is does it have anything to do? I mean, I I haven't followed all of those teams game by game like you have all year long. I mean, is it is it something with these teams where it's attributable just to the weird nature of the COVID year that we've had, or do you think it truly yeah, is? No, I mean, just a coincidence. Those are talented teams that are underachieving for the yeah. most part. Uh, you know, I don't know that Duke or Kentucky or Indiana has had significant COVID problems within their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, COVID messed up preseason workouts and things like that. And when you're very young, like Kentucky and Duke are, you, you depend on, you probably depend more on the preseason workouts and practices to just get all of these young guys assimilated into your program. But that should have caught up by now. Okay. So you were delayed with that, but that should be caught up by now. So I don't, I don't really know. There's just, it's just one of those years and that each of those teams is having, but uh, they're not the only ones having down years. They're just, you know, the ones that we're used to seeing in the tournament that we may not see this year. Jerry Palm joining me, CBSSports.com. Jerry, we're going to get a tournament this year, and it feels great to have it. And I, and obviously with COVID, there's – I preface everything by saying that, like, sports is still the sandbox of the world, and I know that there's broader, bigger issues with COVID than just the effect it's had on the sports world. But this is a sports talk show, so I want to ask about the sports effect – all the other things that got shut down last year when COVID hit at least came back in some shape, form, or fashion. There was a shortened baseball season. The NBA went to a bubble after a few months. The NFL and college football found a way to get their sports onto the field during the season and, and play it through to a championship. But March Madness was the one thing that just got it got canceled altogether. I guess as someone who, I mean, that's your deal. Like, that's the thing you're an expert in. Like, can you – Put into words what that was like, getting news that the tournament was just they not postponed, not going and play in the bubble or anything like that. We just weren't going to have it last year. What was that like? That was surreal. Uh, yeah. And I was in Connecticut at the time. 
uh, doing stuff for CBS Sports HQ uh, mm-hmm. between weekends and, you know, when I would normally be in New York for CBS. And, it, yeah, it was, you know, the everything else came back later, you know. But when March yeah. happened, I mean, when this all started, it was March. So, you know, the middle of March. The, the NCAA didn't have time to study you know what? How could we do this? There was there was just wasn't baseball didn't come back till what June. Mm-hmm. Um, you know basketball had a, a summer bubble for their playoffs for the most part. You know, but the and the basketball college basketball wasn't coming back in the summer. It's not, they're not professionals where that you can just bring them back anytime you want. When the most of these guys that were playing in December and January of last year were going to be out of school by May, so you just can't. You know, there's, there wasn't anything for college basketball to do but cancel it. But it was, it was weird. The weird part for me was being in an airport on Friday, which I believe was March 13th, mm-hmm. and you know, sitting in LaGuardia trying to get the probably the last flight home to, to Chicago, uh, in what was really uh, kind of a pretty empty and eerie airport at that time. Yeah, I do. my wife and I, we were on our honeymoon. We were in John Wayne Airport in Orange County. We were the, oh, literally, it was like that scene in Jerry Maguire where he's running through the airport by himself. He's literally the only one. That's what it was like. The airport was oh, empty. God. It was so, it was weird, man. It was, it was weird. I'm glad things are getting back to normal, and I'm glad we've got a college basketball tournament and conference tournaments coming up. This is good stuff. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, joining me to break it all down. Hey, Jerry, really appreciate you making time. Keep up the great work and looking forward to some hoops this week. Yeah, sure. Anytime. Thanks. Me too. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.